0: Happy New Year, everybody. Great to be with you. Let's have some resolve as we kick off 2021. That even if this year is is in so many ways like the past one, that we as individuals won't be. That even if 2021 doesn't change, like we will continue to change. We will grow. Paul Paul says outwardly, we are wasting away, but inwardly being made new day in and day out. If you're new to the scriptures, Paul is setting up all of these churches around Rome. He writes, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This right here is what the next 21 days in our church family is about. It's actually about a couple things that I want to walk you through over the next few minutes. First seek is what we call this period. It's this reminder for our church family that prayer is not our like last defense, but it is our first response. We seek after God, not because we get something from God when we do that, right? We said he's opposed to effort. We, I'm sorry, he's opposed to earning, but he is not opposed to effort. Intimacy is always lacking in a relationship when only one person is doing all the seeking, and we know the heart of God is running up the road after each and every one of us. So, I want to talk a bit about seeking here. And I want to draw your attention to the very first words that are spoken by Jesus in the Gospel of John. This is one of the earliest accounts that we have of the life of Jesus. So, if you turn with me to John 1, verse 35. Let's pray. Let's pray for a moment. Lord, um, I'd like to share for a few minutes, hopefully just setting the uh, the tone, unpacking again the why of why we as a church carve out this time at the beginning of a calendar year and in the fall, the beginning of a ministry year. Lord, um, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, begin to make little deposits into our heart you'd uh, like illuminate um, ideas, like bring ideas and vision to mind of what these uh, next few weeks um, could, should look like for us as individuals um, and shape us, Lord, as a church in this time. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, Lord, that we may encounter you, that we might be truly led by you, that we might see what you are up to as we begin this new year. And everybody said... Amen. John 135. The next day John was there again with two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So Jesus is, is beginning his ministry, and some disciples of John take notice. And they begin to follow Jesus. There's something compelling about him. Turning around, it says in verse 38, Jesus saw them following and asked, what are you seeking? Now, turn with me, if you would, to the end of John's account of Jesus's life. He has just risen from the dead. New creation is here. And the very first word that the resurrected Jesus speaks is this in John chapter 20. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said. She's grieving. Jesus has just been crucified. She says, I don't know where they've put him. At this She turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? There is this uh, startling beauty, by the way, here. The answer, Jesus, the answer is raising the question. Like how kind and gracious is that? The answer is actually raising the question for us. Jesus knows that we are all seeking. He continues to ask us day after day through his spirit, season after season. So many of you know this year after year. He's asking, who are you seeking? What do you want? It was Augustine, right, who reminds us famously that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. First seek is simply about pursuing the heart of God. This 21 day period where we as a church enter into a deeply intentional moment of prayer and fasting together as one body with the expectation that this will shape our hearts and shape the culture of our church and hopefully shape our city, our region for a season to come. It's a moment where we turn our attention again to the promises of God that surround this seeking. It says in the book of Hebrews, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Uh, In Jeremiah, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. What does it mean to seek God with all of our heart? Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. That is a promise if you've ever heard one. In Amos 5.4, it says, this is what the Lord says to his people, to Israel, seek me and live, seek me and live. And James, a writer to one of the early churches says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so two of the primary ways that we draw near, two of the primary ways that we seek is through prayer and through fasting. So turn with me, if you would, uh, to Mark nine. Mark nine. Why prayer and fasting? There's a lot of places we could go to talk about prayer and fasting, but this has been a passage that has continued to come up for me, especially in this past year. And it's a strange one. The context here is um, the disciples are with Jesus, and they're they're um, they're sort of beginning to practice this way of Jesus what does it mean to live in this new kingdom and they're driving out evil and there's this scene with a demon and they're trying to drive out this, this like manifested evil And so in verse 28 we read, after Jesus had gone indoors his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? The disciples were unable to drive out this evil and he replied, "This kind." This kind of evil, this demon, can only come out by prayer and fasting. This is a passage about power. The disciples did not have the power needed to drive out this particular kind of evil in their age, in their cultural moment. Why prayer and fasting? Well, one, it weans us off self-reliance, Just sit on that phrase for a minute. It weans us off self-reliance. I don't know if you feel like you're in a really great place with God. You, you, You feel like you're at the height of your maturity so far in your journey, or you feel like you've taken steps back But Like, this is a constant, lifelong process of weaning ourselves off our self-reliance and trusting in God. It actually, prayer and fasting, brings to bear the kingdom of God. It reaches into the invisible and it activates something. Like, power that we can't access just through technique or mechanisms or pragmatisms, through just good messages alone or good programming or whatever else. Like, We so often in our day and age are relying on um, all sorts of cultural forms like laws and legislation. This is how we want to see the world change. And there's all sorts of good that we can talk about in that regard, in regards to a number of subjects. But we have to own, and I think many of us, I know in our church specifically, are realizing this more acutely than ever before. These cultural forms do not have the power to change hearts. And that is nearly everything. When you fast and we pray, we're getting in touch with the resources of heaven. And that's where the breakthrough happens. That's actually where the power is. So all I'm saying is that more than anything, we need God to know him, to see him, to follow his lead and thus then be faithful To know God is different than having sort of a Christian worldview that we use to kind of baptize however we want to live. Too often we have lacked a legitimate encounter with God. We've just subscribed to a worldview. Have that encounter with the joy of wonder like that, that wonder that only God brings that frees us of a desire for lesser things. An encounter with like the fear and awe of God that draws us into holiness and justice and righteousness. Genuine prayer and fasting says, God, you have to break through. We are powerless we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to push back that evil. We don't know how to deal with this crisis, whether it's in our own hearts or in the culture around us. We don't know what to do, like Jehoshaphat prays. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We're done without you. You said, right? That's one of those places where there's these promises. We talked about this a few weeks, uh, months back. Jehoshaphat's prayer, this king's prayer as the armies are coming in, and he knew the promises of God that if we seek you, if we repent, if we turn our eyes towards you, if we renew our trust in you, you said you would show up. We need you. We realize that we've been relying on the the good things you bring more than you. What happens in prayer is that God um, begins to change you. Like just by being in his presence, he begins to change you and to make you the kind of person who's willing to do his will. And I think so often we don't know how much our imaginations have been seduced by the world around us and that all of our kind of early stages of prayer are us trying to get God to do our will. God, would you, would you bring me a, would you provide this? whatever that is for you. But then we finally get to a point, the more we seek God and are in His presence, the more we kind of move through stages of prayer and our maturity and our relationship with God, we finally get to a point, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where we can truly say, not my will, but yours be done. I know many of you have heard that prayer a thousand times. I think I've preached on that over the last eight years of our church. Who knows, 15, 20 times. But it is that prayer that in some way is at the center of this first seek of these next 21 days of prayer and fasting. Lord, help me to be able to pray with all of my being, not my will, but yours be done. First seek is about, okay, God, I'm willing to live for you. Help me. It's actually we as a community and as a church saying, we are willing to live for you, Lord help us. I don't want to want the same things everyone else in this world does. I want you. I want to submit again, all over again, my plans and my wants and my desires to you, because you are where the life is. You are my king. You are the perfect father. And whatever strategies and mechanisms I can cook up to push back the brokenness in my own heart or the, or the brokenness in the world around us, there are some things that only get driven out, pushed back to make room for freedom and love and joy by prayer and fasting, by intimacy and connection with our God. And so in all the ache that has been 2020 and all the ache that will uh, continue into this new year, there is a gift. And it's a gift that we've been talking about for the last 10 months. We have been disrupted. Some of us more than others, but all of us have experienced this disruption. Uh, It's Rob Emanuel who says uh, a crisis, a crisis, a crisis like this one is a terrible thing to waste. And so I think it was one of the first messages I gave when we moved into lockdown was don't waste the coronavirus, like don't waste this moment. We have actually still more time. Right now you have less social obligations than ever, most of us. And so we can have a renewed intention to have better rhythms and better practices in our life as we enter into a new year still existing in this strange and contentious and disruptive moment, there is an opportunity to let God use this. I encourage you, don't become weary. God so often allows a crisis, just as we look back through history. He allows a crisis to wake his people up so they will become potent, Full of love and beauty and freedom and power. The call of the church, the call of sanctuary church and the call of the church at large is not to be big. God is not impressed by numbers. The call and invitation to us is to be potent. Remember, he says a little bit of yeast can leaven the whole thing. What God wants is his church to be alive And so there is an invitation in all of this for us, for us to renew our love and trust in God, our Father. Like Jesus says to the church in Revelation, um, who had all the right strategies and were doing sort of all the right things, he says, you forgot your first love. Let that not be said of us. Maybe this is what First Seek is all about. Just turning our hearts again back to God. I think we can forget that Jesus doesn't offer us a gospel of like a comfortable Western life. He offers us a life of radical, sacrificial commitment. I love that Jesus is honest. Deny yourselves. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. I think the goal of the enemy in this moment is not to get us to commit some great sins. It's just to numb us so that our lives no longer have power and make no difference in the world around us. So let's turn our hearts to God. Let's keep going. Let's recalibrate. Let's, <laughs> let me say um, this for those that maybe feel a little bit, um, I'm like sensitive to those who feel overwhelmed by all of this. You're like, this was not the sermon I was expecting or maybe you just feel a little bit like turned off or pushed away. This feels maybe like a bit much. In Romans 8, 26, we read, uh, Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. In other words, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. God will help you seek him. How gracious is that? You can just pray, help me, Holy Spirit, I'm weak. Help me, Holy Spirit, I'm weak. For wherever you are at in the journey with Jesus, these next 21 days can be, um, can shape a whole year. The expectancy a word we use probably far too often is beginning to lose its meaning. But to raise our expectancy of what God might do, to take hold of, like C.S. Lewis says, the unblushing promises of God that if you seek him, you will find him. That if you want to drive out the brokenness you see around us, we actually need to be more in tune with the Father than ever before. That all Jesus could do, which is what we're going to be talking about in Vision Sunday in a couple of weeks, is like all he could do was what he saw the Father doing like if we want to be dialed in, in tune, hear the signal through the noise more than ever, this is such a powerful moment for us to raise our faith and say, okay, God, you promise that if we seek, you will find. If you are at the very beginning of your journey with Jesus, if you are like at the mountaintop or you feel like you've, you're, you're, you've come down the mountain with some deep cynical edge, I want to humbly submit to you that this 21 days, um can change everything. I want to leave you with a passage. This is sort of a strange way, I guess, to end a message. But this sermon or this uh this message, this passage, excuse me, um is something that I'm I'm pretty confident that is gonna really shape our vision for 2021. And as um, our pastoral team and leaders are like preparing for Vision Sunday and outlining this next year, I want to leave you with this passage because I want to actually invite you um, along with the rest of our team to allow this um, to be a, maybe a focal point of like study and reflection. It's Jeremiah 17, verse five. And again, I'm going to come back to this over the next couple of weeks. It goes like this. This is what the Lord says Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. blessed is the one, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Lord, our propensity to turn our eyes off you, to turn our attention to what we can immediately control, to move to worry, to step away from trust. It just feels far too easy some days. We acknowledge, Lord, the way that we are um, sadly drawn to lesser loves, lesser freedoms, lesser life. That's so, the Lord, we, uh, to everyone who's gonna join us and participate in these next couple weeks of prayer and fasting, Some of us are weaker than others, but we are all in need of your help. Open, open, Lord, our eyes to see what you are up to, that we might step boldly into this new year in step and aligned with you, our Father our King, our friend. Pray all this in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit.